0: Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. This is Mike Moody, your host, and in the studio today we've got our own William Green. Hey, Mike, glad to be on. Hope everybody's doing well
2: out there. Uh, always enjoy being on here with you, and uh, particularly when we get to talk about some fun stuff like turkeys.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. To get us started, I have to tell a quick story about Chuck Sykes, our old buddy, Chuck Sykes, Director of Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries, Division of the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. I believe he has a two-sided business card. He, he has the longest title He's of anybody the that we yeah. he was in our He was your guest in our fifth podcast, of the first season that we did the AgCast. So he was, and that was a great conversation. Right, yeah, yeah that was, that's probably been my my favorite one that I've oh, done. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We even got a second one out of it. How <laughs> we did, we uh, kept talking. <laughs> that's right. He was at Pike Road at a community meeting. Incidentally, he was talking about turkey hunting. This was several years ago. And he said, if you're thinking, and, and you can hear his voice, if you're thinking about taking up turkey hunting, don't. <laughs> Once you get that in your blood, you can you can never go back. So yeah. I've actually never been turkey hunting before. Oh, we, 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 can, we can fix that this year, Mike. Yeah. We'll this to We'll have to work on that. There is a lot of obsession. A lot of folks really love to go turkey. And I have some friends that uh, that just really do obsess over it. And it's great. Why is the turkey so important as a game species in Alabama? You know, you kind of hit it. It it really is an obsession. There's been a
2: a cool culture shift, um, you know, starting with a lot of the old hats, uh, particularly around Alabama, who have always turkey hunted. And now, kind of you see this, this newer generation of, of folks, you know, younger than media, college-age guys that are really, really eating up with turkey hunting. Um, it, it's a pretty cool uh, game species, and that and, and Alabama's second most popular, you know, deer will always be number one. It'll be, you kind of reign as king, but turkey has really come along um, strong, being very popular. I think most people who turkey hunt, particularly in Alabama, will tell you it's challenging. Uh, you can go really anywhere in the country and tell everybody I've, I've killed a, you know, a, a gobbler in Alabama and it's, that's, that's accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in, in my mind, you know, whenever I see somebody that, that has killed a big bird without the use of decoys, uh, just them and a call and the shotgun called up a, a strutting Tom and, and, and killed it. I mean, that that that's really impressive. And I think from, from a cultural standpoint, from an ethics standpoint, that's one of the reasons it's grown uh, and become so popular. Um, you know, last year you, you look at the numbers, um, We had uh, 60,000 hunters in Alabama uh, that spent over half a million days turkey hunting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think. I, I think the math works out where it's each hunter has eight days that they've spent trying to kill a turkey. Meanwhile, we only had twenty-five thousand reported harvests. <laughs> so that's each each hunter has, you know, I, I guess that's eight days to hunt, and only, uh, I guess, the, the average bird for hunter is half a bird. So it's uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's pretty disappointing unique. Hunter. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> and, and a lot of a lot of um, novices out there, myself included, who, who kind of try hard and mean well, and then we end up getting close and can't ever seal the deal. So I, I, I definitely understand it, but yeah, it's, it's, it definitely generates a lot of money, a lot of, um, tourism, a lot of people want to come and, and hunt this really special bird in Alabama.
1: Well, you're, you're, you're speaking about tourism and, uh, we're always looking for ways to use our land as landowners, as farmers. If a landowner wanted to attract turkeys, what kind of habitat are we looking at? Uh, what are the things that we need to be looking for to to draw those turkeys out?
2: Yeah, so turkeys, um, very similar to deer, what we like to call habitat generalists, uh, meaning that they do really well in a lot of um, different diverse habitat settings. Um, turkeys are pretty interesting, too. When you look at them, as they go through their life cycle, they require different um, habitat. So, you know, a nesting hen is looking for a lot of shrubby grasses where she can hide and keep her nest safe. Poults are looking for a lot of clump grasses where they can bug and, and eat a lot of protein. Um, they move into the fall, and they're looking for a lot of hard mass. So your acorns, your uh, any type of nuts they may find. Um, and then kind of into the winter, they move into more, um, I guess, wooded areas. So th- they kind of they follow their own calendar for what they need at their given life cycle. So when, when you ask that question, you know, there's uh, I like to tell people, depending on what you've got to work with, meaning what does your property already look like, right. you can do something for turkeys. If there are birds in the area, um, you, can, you can help them in some way. You know, probably the, the main, the biggest ones come to mind is, is keeping a good, um, good opening for them to come out and do their courtship displays, which a lot of people know is strutting. Um, they'll do it in the woods too, but a lot of times they like to be in the open. It's a visual thing. They'll, the times like the hens to see them. Um, so keeping a good uh, opening is, is great. Really want to protect your hard mass producing trees. So your oak trees, um, white oaks and red oaks predominantly are what turkeys love. Um, and a lot of people think, okay, well I've got my oak tree. That's great. I'm going to keep it safe. Um, but we really need to start shifting our focus into managing for that um, new generation of oaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can show you, you know, you come on... Our farm in South Montgomery County, and, and we've got a lot of mature oaks, and uh, we had not done a great job of making sure that we're recruiting new ones. Uh, eventually, those those oaks are going to die and stop producing acorns, sure. and then if I don't have something there to take its place, it's kind of kind of over with. The third one I'll mention, you know, but besides, besides the obvious of, of keeping keeping um, pretty good nesting and, and brood and cover, uh, you can do things like burn, but... Uh, You know, a lot of people want to talk about food plots, um, and I think that's a great option, but I try to tell people, particularly with turkey and deer, that those are really supplemental. Um, You know, you can plant clover or chufa is really popular for turkeys, but that really is just giving them something to, to eat when maybe a drought is hit and the hard mast didn't air or it gives another area to display or anything like that. But mm-hmm. that's, that's a, all those are options. Awesome. So burning, maintaining good food plots, having good openings, uh, and really focusing on recruitment of your, your hard mass. Gotcha.
0: Well, uh,
1: what about acreage? Is there an acreage uh, preference or is there, yeah, you, you just work with what you have? Yeah. Like, like we said earlier, you know, it really got to work with Jeff, you, you know, your, your large
2: landowners that, that can really focus a lot and do different things will obviously probably have a better success, but you know, I, I have friends that have um, small acreages, uh, or they have a, a big farm in one area, and then 40 miles down the road, they only have a 20-acre track, But it is just for whatever reason, that's where the turkeys are. Turkeys can get up and move pretty easy. Uh, they're, they're big birds, so they, they have no problem with with running off or flying away. And they'll they'll make the way back but yeah acreage you know probably your bigger acreage easier to control but um work with what you got you got something small and you can create a good opening there and that's what you need to do let's take
1: a quick break and hear from our sponsor alabama ag credit it's never a dull day on the farm
2: especially when your day starts before the sun comes up we're alabama ag credit and while some don't get it we do as the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources.
1: Looking at the numbers, uh, Auburn University recently reported a study where they're trying to determine why the populations are starting to go down, starting to decline. Can you enlighten us? Tell us about that study or and what kind of things are they looking for? Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting
2: study. Um, unique thing that's going on with turkeys and it's not just an Alabama thing it's not just a local issue but um, we're kind of seeing some overall trends southeastern nationwide where the turkey populations are are going down you know that that could be for a factor of you know four or five different things you you, can pick it you name it habitat loss predators Um, one one of the more interesting things that, that I think maybe playing into it is carrying capacity so you know what what can we actually hold Um, You know, maybe our peak of having half a million birds 10 years ago, maybe we were over carrying capacity then. Now that we've dropped down to Three hundred, four hundred thousand birds. Maybe that's more You're settling. Yeah, there. maybe that's more normal. But yeah, Auburn uh, is working on a program, really trying to own in on you know breeding success for turkeys. So they want to know timing. When are our birds actually breeding, uh, or how old are they when they actually breed? You know, there's been conventional wisdom will say that jakes don't breed, so jakes are our immature uh, or young uh, males. Um, but maybe they are uh, so we're going to start looking at kind of the reproductive um, system of, of younger birds mature birds and seeing kind of when when they're starting to breed um, but probably the main part of the study that, that Dr. Goolsbee is doing with Auburn is uh, using these microphones and recorders and trees to record all the gobbles in the area uh, they'll do that for um, kind of the whole spring and really be able to see in on when the hot spots are uh, gobbling kind of correlates to when the turkeys are breeding and so if we can look and say okay well we know that they are gobbling really hard at the beginning of March, that's when they're probably breeding. Or maybe they're not gobbling really hard until
1: mid-April. Who knows? So that's, well, that's How long is this? This is a pretty long, a pretty significant study. Yeah, do. They, they'll, they'll do it over the course of, I believe it's over two years. Um, and they're really
2: focusing on about four or five different um, properties so we have a lot of data from public land, um, but not as much for private land. And turkeys in general, you know, like we mentioned the, the top of the show, that deer really has kind of reigned supreme in terms of hunting dollars and research. Turkeys were a little bit farther behind. So we're playing a little catch up and trying to get all of our data as, as robust, uh, I guess you could say, as sure. deer are. So, um, yeah, this, this will really look at some of our privately owned, um, privately managed farms around Alabama to really get a better idea of what the population is doing. And I guess your mission, too, you know, um, depending on where you are listening to this, you know, if you're in northwest Alabama, uh, your scenario or what you think of uh, a good population is drastically different than, say, somebody in, um, I I don't know, uh, Wilcox County. Um, Northwest Alabama doesn't have the population that that other places do. So it's kind of a unique thing that different
1: farms, different areas of the state have um, better or worse populations. Turning back to uh, the uh, hunting season, twenty twenty two turkey season begins. uh, The youth begins March nineteenth and twentieth that weekend, and then the uh, uh, the next week, March twenty fifth through the through May eighth is going to be the uh, regular spring turkey season. Are there some regulation changes? Yeah, so the Department of Conservation really looked at this, and they're looking
2: at it as a whole. Um, And it's really important to remember that when um, the Department of Conservation or the Conservation Advisory Board is making changes. Um, they're not looking at really, you know, animal-level population stuff. They're looking at the entire state uh, population numbers and trends that they're seeing, and they're trying to manage it the best they can. You mentioned one, so the the start date this year uh, is March 25th. Some states northwest start the week after, I think that's April first maybe but um as a whole they pushed it back the thought behind that was let's give the the turkeys a little more time to breed without being pressured uh the thought is before all of our gobblers start getting shot maybe they can go ahead and breed the hens and the hens can have a successful clutch the other main changes there were um the bag limit drop from five to four um which is still uh pretty generous I, I think mm-hmm. uh, and, and this is this is just William's opinion here but you know Alabama is, is fortunate we have a pretty large bag limit uh, if you look at some of our neighboring states and other states that have the eastern wild turkey that bag, bag limits are a whole lot smaller so our shot from five to four and then the the other main one is there are no decoys allowed for the first ten days again thought process is let's give the turkeys every chance they can to breed before uh, before we start hunting um, so the, again the whole idea behind these changes is let's make sure the turkeys are successful in breeding can lay their nest and have a successful clutch and, and no mechanical decoy yeah definitely not definitely <laughs> not and, and, and for, for those of you out there
1: that like these fans those, those are illegal as well so. okay <laughs> let's just stay clear of all of that yeah. uh, we discussed earlier the declining population uh, from the study in Auburn what other turkey research is going on that, that we need to kind of pay attention to
2: yeah, I, I think you know the, the the main research one is reproductive success. Uh, I think we're really trying to hone in on uh, Auburn is uh, working on this, and I think I think uh, the one School School forestry um uh, George, is also working on it as well when are our birds breeding? Uh, what What's the main issues that's affecting the nest success? Is it predators? Is it weather? Um, I think we have a pretty good idea. That's probably a little bit of a combination of both. Um, I think conventional wisdom would tell us that, that habitat plays into it. I don't know if there's much research there, um, but then there's always research out there about different diseases. Um, there's uh, always some that, that, that we that pop up, like uh, blackhead or avian pox, some of these different things. I think we're, we're looking at some new ones that maybe kind of have recently
1: been discovered that we thought were avian pox all along. Turns out it's going to be a new disease. So. Hmm. We'll keep an ear to the ground on that as well. We want to make sure that we remind all of our hunters to be safe out there. Uh, know what you're going to shoot before you shoot it any any yeah. more hunting advice that you want to
2: get? yeah no doubt I, I think this is this is a lot of people's favorite time of year uh the spring green up get out hear the birds calling um i i love it i'm not a great turkey hunter i, I joked earlier but um, i think anybody knows something would attest to that that i'm I'm pretty bad um, <laughs> but yeah like, like you said uh, everybody have fun be safe it's always fun to get out there but i, I also recommend to uh, give a couple of plugs if you're interested in turkey hunting um, there's a lot of great information out there, but the two folks I'd recommend you following um, on Instagram or any other social media, Dr. Will Goolsby from Auburn University uh, and Dr. Mike Chamberlain from the uh, from the University yes, of Georgia, Georgia. Uh, that, that are both on uh, Instagram. Dr. Will Goolsby and uh, Wild Turkey Doc. Both of those guys have great information out there. If you're a
1: even even kind of a, a weekend warrior from turkeys, they, they put out some great stuff. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, William, and we will uh, definitely have you back on. I yeah, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, everybody. All right.
0: And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. Hello, this is Jacob Davis, Executive Director of the Alabama Peanut Producers Association with this week's wrap-up. March is National Peanut Month. I hope you'll help Alabama's peanut farmers celebrate by eating and gifting delicious and nutritious peanuts and peanut products. On March 9, Governor Ivy signed a proclamation designating March as Peanut Month in Alabama. APPA directors in attendance at the ceremony were Carl Sanders, APPA president from Coffee County, Jerry Byrd, APPA treasurer from Dale County, Thomas Adams from Henry County, and Billy Hickson from Pike County. The same date as the proclamation, APPA directors and staff hosted PB&J Day on the Hill, where they grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for attendees and handed out peanuts. We used the event to solicit support for a bill currently in the state legislature to designate the peanut as the official state legume. Peanuts were planted in 33 of Alabama's 67 counties in 2021, with the most being planted in Houston, Baldwin, and Geneva counties respectively, being the top three counties in the state. Alabama had a total of 183,000 acres planted last year with an average yield of 3,400 pounds per acre, ranking Alabama as the second largest producer of peanuts in the United States with 622 million pounds of peanuts being produced by Alabama farmers. April 1st, the registration will open for the Southern Peanut Growers Conference, which will be held at the Edgewater Beach and Golf Resort in Panama City Beach, Florida. The dates for the conference are July 21 through 23, 2022. Peanuts contribute more than $211 million to the state's economy annually. You can find more information about the information shared today at alpeanuts.com. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.